We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zen for the podcast. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Archaeotech Podcast, episode 143. I'm your host, Chris Webster, with my co-host, Paul Zimmerman. It's the 2020 Holiday Gift Guide, where Paul and I try to talk about things that are not drones and range from a few dollars to all the dollars. Let's get to it. All right, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome, Paul. How you doing, man? I'm doing okay, Chris. Uh, let's see. Today is December the 3rd, and the last time we recorded was just before Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, holiday? What's a holiday? Uh, <laughs> holiday. And you were visiting family over it, weren't you? Yeah, pretty much still there. So we're staying not too far away from my sister-in-law and, and brother-in-law's house. And my mother-in-law, they live literally just like two minutes down the road in the same mm. development. So we see them all the time. We're kind of like, even though, you know, we're all sort of social distancing together, but in our own houses, like we come in contact with these guys all the time. So they're kind of in our circle. So that's what we're doing. And we're over here now um, actually having dinner tonight. So, and this is where we'll be for Christmas and New Year's. And, and then we're off to Florida. So back to social distancing by ourselves. <laughs> uh, there you go. Yeah, we had uh, my daughter came down from college. Huh. And spent the uh, the holiday with us most of a week, and so it was really nice having her back. Uh, but nice. she had some projects, end of semester projects to finish up, so she sure. realized she wasn't getting them done around us, <laughs> and went back <laughs> up to her apartment at school. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's all winding down now, the end of the semester, and we'll see how things shape up over the next uh, over the next month here. But you know, we're you know. Thanksgiving is always the start of the winter holiday season here in the U.S. and uh, followed up, you know, by the big gift giving season. So uh, that's today's topic, right? Absolutely. That's what we're going to talk about, our, our sort of holiday gift guide. And it doesn't matter what holiday you support. You can buy your, your favorite archaeologist or tech enthusiast any one of these things over the winter because... For archaeologists specifically, the winter, kind of the whole thing is a holiday, right? You know, some people might get a week off. Sometimes archaeologists get three or four months of forced vacation because there's no work to do. <laughs> so buy, <laughs> buy them something nice and they can use it this next field season or or what have you. So now's a now's a good time, even if you're, like I said, even to, regardless of the holiday you support uh, or want to go to, these are all good gift ideas uh, pretty much any time. But we're going to package them all into this episode right now. Uh, well, we were discussing this beforehand. For our, for our listeners, uh, we decided to break this down roughly into price range brackets, you know, so you can more or less tailor something for the person that uh, that you're intending. And uh, we're going to ramp up, but we'll start down at the low end. What uh, what I decided to call stocking stuffers, and this I just meant like little things, yeah. not very much money, probably under twenty dollars, maybe under fifteen dollars. And so let's start there. Did you have anything on the list? I see the ones that I put, but I don't know if you had anything in particular that you wanted. To I mean, Chris. You, you kind of nailed it, to be honest. So I, I didn't feel the need to put anything else on there. But yeah, I can start with the top one that you had on the list there, USB-C adapters, and really, honestly, any small adapters and things like that. But I, I, you probably put USB-C on there specifically because, well, a lot of computers and equipment are coming out these days that are 
USB-C only. And a lot of people mm -hmm. have, you know, like, like for example, the microphone I'm speaking to you on right now has a USB connection on it, USB-C connection on it. And, uh, you know, you, you have to plug it into your computer using either USB-C or regular USB with an adapter. So, and my computer is a 2017 MacBook Pro and I've got four USB-C ports and that's it. So, mm -hmm. and if you don't know what USB-C is, it looks like the Android port, except it's round. <laughs> it's got rounded edges. <laughs> so pretty much everything is yeah. going USB-C now. So you're going to find it yeah. on all your newer cell phones, on all your, um, uh, actually lots of devices that don't even need the higher capacities that USB-C right. can do in terms of data or power. But you right. probably, the archaeologists in your life are probably like you and I are, Chris, and that you have a lot of legacy things that have mm -hmm. the old USB-A kind of connectors. That's the uh, the one that we've gotten used to for the last couple decades, which is the uh, the flattened rectangle mm -hmm. and so if you have oh actually my microphone has a cable that goes to one of those usba connectors if i want to plug that into my work computer which i do sometimes uh the work computer is a 2017 macbook air it only has usb-c connectors that's the little yeah like chris said looks kind of like an android connector it's a it's a little flattened oval looks kind of like if you shrunk a racetrack real small and squashed it a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I put this on the list because this is something that they're tiny, they get lost all the time, put it as a stocking stuffer because it's not something very thoughtful or you know meaningful as a gift, but you get three packs of them for around 10 bucks and it's something that everybody finds useful and will for the, for the upcoming few years until our older equipment phases out and we get newer equipment. Uh, so that was the first one I put down. Another one I put down, I'm actually going to pair the next two things I discussed here. This mm -hmm. is kind of a weird one, but I was looking through the forestry suppliers catalog yesterday, the, the online one, and they had a bunch of something that I hadn't thought of before, which were little clip-on microscopes for your cell phone, right? Mm, yeah. Little clip that goes right over the camera lens, and you can use that to get really close in. I've had ones like this that weren't for uh, microscopes. They were you know, wide-angle lenses, for example. And I had never thought of the, the utility of having one as a microscope clip-on. The price range was anywhere between about 10 and 15 bucks. Again, these aren't high-quality things, but this is something that I could see just throwing into my dig bag. So I, if I have to take a really close look at something, I want to take a look at the uh, the temper in a, in a pot shirt, for example. Mm -hmm. Throw that right on my cell phone. I've got a little handheld microscope. Didn't cost me much extra. Uh, so I thought that would be kind of a, a cute gadget for the uh, for a stocking stuffer for the archaeologist in your life. Yeah, and, and kind of along those lines, that made me think of the Olo clip, which exactly. Trust me, this is not in the range of probably stocking stuffer territory, although some of their mm -hmm. accessories could be. Um, I'm just looking on their website now, right now, and hopefully this is still going on when you're there, but they've got some ridiculous sales going on, like half price on some stuff. They are clips that are like telephoto and macro lenses and stuff like that for your smartphone. And these are high end lenses too. These aren't some, you know, garbage, they're really high end lenses and they clip nicely on. And a lot of problems with these things are just so you know, if you've got some special case on your phone, like a waterproof OtterBox case or something like that, probably not going to work. You have to click it. It, it. It's designed to be a certain distance from the camera lens. So you, you might need to take your case off in order to use it. But if you're using it in like a lab setting or something like that, like that Paul said, um, or even out in the field for that matter, if you're in a position where you can just flip your case off real quick and, and put this clip on, it might be really super helpful. And then because 
you know, a lot of us carry a 10 X lens with us, but I can't take a picture of that. You know, I can't take a picture with my 10 X, but if I use this little lens here, then I could take a picture of something and snap a picture and text it to somebody in the lab and say, what do you think about this? Or, or something like that. So that'd be really cool. Yeah, no, I, uh, I I want one. So if anybody wants to give me one, I'll happily receive it. <laughs> Thank you on air. Nice. Um, I don't know what nice. I would use it for in particular. Uh, I don't have any burning need for it right now, but that's kind of one of the fun things about the uh, the tech gifts is, oh, some of it's just like, oh, wouldn't it be great? You know, like when you're a kid and you get those Christmas gifts, yeah. you know, the toys. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a fun toy to have. I'm sure I could find a use for it once I had it. I'm sure of it. I said that this was kind of a, a two-parter. Uh, the other thing that I always think of when I think of stocking stuffers, at least this is what our family does, is we end up with, um, especially for the kids, we end up with gift cards, you know, either the generic like Amex or Visa or whatever, prepaid debit cards, or ones that could go for Apple or for Google App Stores or for Amazon and so on. And, you know, that that's fine. And those are always useful. I mean, I'd rather have $25 than not have $25. Um, and if you want to give me that... Mm-hmm. Happy to use it. But it dawned on me a really kind of slightly more personal way of dealing with that if you're giving to the archaeologists in your life is why not give them a forestry supplier's <laughs> gift card? Yeah. <laughs> and wow. yeah, we probably ought to see if we can get them to, to advertise on us, <laughs> on the, the, I know the network. Right. But, but that's something that is more thoughtful, I think, than just the Amazon gift card because it, it tells that archaeologist that, hey, you know, I, I know what, I know what rings your bells. I know what pushes your buttons. I know, I know what you're doing when you're sitting up late at night. You're, you're, flipping through that catalog going, mm-hmm. oh, I could use this and oh, gators and look at this. I could get a new Marshalltown yeah. and blah, blah, blah. So th- that I just thought was kind of a, um, a little more targeted stocking stuffer gift. <laughs> nice. And you know, I mean, like a, like an Apple gift card, is actually a really good thing because there's uh, there's a ton of apps that we talk about on this show that people can use. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just don't, we get, we get so used to downloading free apps that we, we look at a $2.99, $3.99, $5.99 app, you know, even, you know, $10 app. And we're like, nah, I don't think so. It doesn't, doesn't seem worth it to me because we're so conditioned mm-hmm. that, you know, apps are free. So, mm-hmm. and archaeologists are always on a budget. So even giving them a $20 Apple gift card that they can put in their iTunes store, you can't guarantee they're not going to buy the newest uh, Taylor Swift album with it, but you can at least give them the ability to save a little cash and, and maybe buy that app that would come in useful, like, uh, you know, uh, like a, like Theodolite Pro or something like that. So you can get rid of the ads and, and use that nice app or, or mm-hmm. tap forms or, you know, whatever the case may be. So anyway, that's a, another good gift. I think, I think gift cards are always a good idea um, for people who travel a lot because, you never know if you're going to give them something that's something that you're going to burden them with that maybe is kind of cool, but now they got to carry it around. So a gift card allows them to, to make that choice. Exactly. Well, moving right along, we've got our under $50 category here, and that's somewhat subject. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump right to one of the ones that's kind of my favorite um, that you, you put on the list here, Paul, which is a power bank. Uh, because I'll tell you what, I mean, batteries are getting better and better. I got my first new iPhone in the last couple of years. I've got the iPhone 12 Pro Max. It just came a couple of weeks ago. And I'll tell you what, 
you don't realize how bad your battery is getting on your phone until you get a new one. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on this thing all day long from probably five thirty, six o'clock in the morning when I'm just looking at news and stuff like that, checking up on, you know, events of the night. And then throughout the day, I'm doing things, whether it's listening to music, podcasts, doing a workout, you know, just doing stuff on my phone. You know, we were driving over here from our office and I was on a call while my wife was driving and I'm sitting there right on my phone and, and running through some clients account stuff. And, I'm, you know, I'm just doing all kinds of things. I mean, I'm just, I'm using it for all sorts of things. And this phone, the battery is just going all day long and it's amazing. But the reality is most of us don't have brand new phones and I'm mm-hmm. going to have this one for another couple of years. So before long, it's, uh, you know, going to start to tank, but I've always got at the very least a couple of 10,000 milliamp battery packs with me. I've got two in my bag right now, one that just has a couple of regular USB plugs on it and another one that has plugs on it, but also I can set my phone right on top of it. Uh, in fact, I can set my AirPods on top of it as well. And it will do that, um, the key or chi, however you pronounce that, um, charging method. So wireless charging. And that is, yeah, that's super cool. And I I think 10,000 is probably the least you want to get somebody these days because Mm -hmm. most smartphones, you can charge that up at least one, one and a half times on, on 10,000 milliamps. And my God, you can get them for almost nothing. Right. Right. Um, I put on our list here uh, that we're reading off of, uh, we've had to buy a bunch of them because we're doing so much uh, online learning. So it's keeping the students' iPads running through the day on zoom is a real challenge. Yeah. So each of the classrooms, we bought a few of these and been getting ones, uh, 20,000 milliamp hour ones for around $40. I've actually, I've seen them on sale f- from reputable companies for as low as $30. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's something that, again, it might not be the most personal, but it's definitely something that everybody's going to get a lot of use out of. Do you have any, uh, any brands that you've gravitated towards? Actually, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to link to this one on here because this brand has just been so phenomenal for me. But the Zero Lemon brand, mm-hmm. and I'm looking right now, I mean, just check this out. I've got two 30,000 milliamp Zero Lemon rugged batteries, right? And I bought, I've probably had them since 2015 or so. I think I bought them for that big project we were doing at China Lake. Right. Because you can plug four devices into that at one time and charge them all simultaneously. So it breaks. You know, I didn't require, I, in fact, I bought Zero Lemon 10,000 milliamp for everybody to have, but I also figured, Hey, at lunch or something like that, we're all using tablets. We could just charge up while we're at lunch and I could plug everybody into this thing and have it never really worked out that way too much because, you know, we were pretty efficient on battery life and they all had their own 10,000 milliampers, but and I let them just keep those. Cause like I said, they're a dime a dozen these days, but my wife and I, <laughs> we use these things all the time. Cause when we're in our RV and we're boondocking, which means we're not hooked up to any resources. Like for example, in, in, the end of June, we're going to be at the Everglades National Park in the particular campground that we reserve. No power, no water, no sewer. So we're fully self-contained at this site. And when we're running on our inverter, not all of our plugs are active. So the ones right next to our bed are not active. And so we each put one of those 30,000 milliamp chargers next to our bed and just plug in our phone or watch whatever we need right there because the plugs don't work on the inverter back there. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I swear to God, just charging your phone overnight and I leave it plugged in and I'm running a you know clock and all that stuff. And I probably get three or four days on it before I have to charge that battery back up again. It's just yeah, phenomenal. Fantastic. Yeah. And the newer one that I've got, so we got the older one and I've got one that's about probably two years newer. Again, these were like a hundred, $150 at the time. I'm, I'm looking at one for 46 98 on Amazon right now. 
now, but the newer one has a USB-C out as well. Mm -hmm. And a couple of times I've left my, (laughs) I've left my stupid computer charger, my computer cord at our office and I get home and I've got to do something and my computer's dead. Well, I can't really run the computer off that battery because it doesn't have the wattage to keep the computer going. But if I power the computer down and I plug it into it, I can get 20, 30, 40% charge in probably 20, 30 minutes off that battery bank and then power back up and use it. And if I want, I've, I've left it plugged in overnight and had a hundred percent charge in the morning and only used half the battery. So it is just phenomenal. And they're rugged. I mean, a lot of these have little solar panels on the back. So if you want to leave it out, you could kind of trickle charge it. They got lights on them. Sometimes I'm looking at the newer versions here. Oh, this new one's got uh, wireless charging on the outside. It's only thirty eight ninety nine. It might be time to upgrade. Oh, I'm lose you here. <laughs> uh, anyway, Zero Lemon. I love the Zero Lemon brand. It's just they're really good at what they do. I've never had a problem with battery failing. Their quality is really high. I'm just super impressed by them. So we'll we'll link to that for sure. But just awesome. search wireless cord wireless power bank or something like that on Amazon, and you'll find any number of them. Yeah, I, I just caution people that there's a lot of really cheap stuff oh, yeah. on there. So you probably don't want to yeah. go for the least expensive one that you find uh, at any particular uh, power capacity just because you're, you there's a good chance you get junk. So I'm going to just throw yeah. in a couple brands that we've gotten that are on the cheaper side, but uh, we've been really happy with their with the quality of their build and their reliability. So Anker, A-N-K-E-R, or Aukey, mm-hmm. I guess is a pronunciation, A-U-K-E-Y. Both of those have been on the cheaper end, but not overdone with with needless uh, with needless features that you're not going to use. And also well-designed quality construction. They sure. don't catch fire as far as we know. <laughs> Which is a really good know. thing when you use them in a school. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Not catching fire is often a trait I look for in things. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, um, the weight, you, you really got to consider the weight. Like if, especially mm-hmm. if you're carrying this in a field bag, cause that 30,000 milliamp battery, I mean, that doesn't come for free, right? That's a lithium ion battery in there. And I don't care what the new technology is. If you get the ruggedized one, it probably weighs two or three pounds, uh, which is wow. pretty significant, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to look at what you need. And if you look on your phone specs or your tablet specs, it probably says it's got like a, you know, if you don't know what milliamps are, you don't have to know. It's like a gas tank. Think of it like a, a full gas tank. So 30,000 milliamps is 30 milliamp hours. Your phone is probably somewhere around four to 6,000 milliamp hours for its battery size. And so is your tablet. So if you look at a, a say, say 6,000, that means you can typically charge it up five times. Now that's if you've got perfect efficiency, perfect charging, no loss in the cable. That's never going to happen, right? So just take one of those off and assume at least four charges with it, if that's the case. But just do the math and say, well, you know, my phone usually dies around lunch. I need something to get me through the day. So buy a 10,000. That should be plenty. But you got to remember to charge it up at the end of the day and keep that thing topped off. So, but yeah, just buy the one that you need. You might be tempted by the 30s. If you want to get more more than one, that's fine. But if you're going to carry it in your field bag, I'd probably get the size you need and not necessarily carry around the heavy one if you don't need it. So, well, I think that's, uh, man, we killed it with just a couple things on this first segment. Hopefully we can get through more than this. <laughs> but let's, uh, let's wrap this up and come back on the other side and, and talk about some more fun things. Back in a second. Chris Webster here for the Archaeology Podcast Network. We strive for high quality interviews and content so you can find information on any topic in archaeology from around the world. One way we do that is by recording interviews with our hosts and guests located in many parts of the world all at once. We do that through the use of 
Zencaster. That's Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Zencaster allows us to record high-quality audio with no stress on the guest. Just send them a link to click on, and that's it. Zencaster does the rest. They even do automatic transcriptions. Check out the link in the show notes for 30% off your first three months, or go to Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R.com and use the code Archaeotech. That's A-R-C-H-A-E-O-T-E-C-H. Looking to expand your knowledge of x-rays and imaging in the archaeology field? Then check out An Introduction to Paleoradiography, a short online course offering professional training for archaeologists and affiliated disciplines. Created by archaeologist, radiographer, and lecturer James Elliott, the content of this course is based upon his research and teaching experience in higher education. It is approved by the Chartered Institute for Archaeologists as four hours of training. That's in the UK, for those of you that don't know. So don't miss out on this exciting opportunity for professional and personal development. For more information on pricing, and course structure, visit paleoimaging.com. That's P-A-L-E-O imaging.com. And look for the link in the show notes to this episode. Hi, welcome back to the Architect Podcast, episode 143. Today's uh, topic is our holiday gift guide for the techie archaeologist in your life. We left it off in the under $50 bracket, and we spent a lot of time talking about uh, about power banks <laughs> because that's something that's extremely useful to any archaeologist, any field archaeologist, yeah. but you know, even non-archaeologists, I think, would find them useful if you get something that's decent. You know, We've all gotten those freebie little sticks from this and that. They're almost in uh, your, your cereal boxes now. Uh, <laughs> Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. But we were talking about a step up, something that could actually keep you running if you're off the grid for a bit, like you are sometimes, Chris, or if right. you're doing a lot of heavy use on your your tablet or your phone. Next one that I had that I put on the list was a Roku. Um, now, Roku, mm-hmm. I said this one in particular, you could compare it quite favorably to things like the Google Chromecast or Amazon's Fire Stick. But I went with Roku because I've got a lot of familiarity with them. We have them on every TV that we've had. And uh, my daughter has one. It's tied into our accounts and everything. And I was thinking in particular, you know, they, they're, they're not big. You know, even the box ones are very small and portable, but they make the sticks that just plug right into the HDMI port. And that's something that I thought would be extremely useful to anybody that's spending a lot of time away from home, especially if they're in hotels that have TVs that have HDMI. If they can plug in, get that stick on the network, bam, they've got access to their Netflix and their YouTube channels and whatever other channels that they've installed. And, you know, again, not to be a plug specifically for Roku, but it's what I can vouch for that I've been using them for years and really like them. Again, it's one of a class of of, uh, different Mm -hmm. kind of media devices. You're probably all Apple TV yourself, right? Yeah, I mean, we've had a few of those and and we've actually had one that we traveled around with a lot. But, you know, one thing I was going to ask you is because I don't have uh, I've never actually used a Roku stick. I've got a we used to have a Roku TV in the house that we own, but of course sold that when we moved out of the house into the RV. But I'm wondering because I I always thought this was a good thing to have when you're living in hotel rooms. Like Mm -hmm. you said, you can just plug it into the HDMI port because most hotels these days have a hotel have a TV with an HDMI port. The problem that you run into is the hotel Wi-Fi. Yeah. And getting because a lot of them have that extra screen that comes up that that port that you have to go log in through and it's not like a, a web page or something like that. Even if it is a web page that still provides its own problems. But if it's got that that thing that comes up that does that. Do you know of a way around that with the Roku sticks? Right I haven't now? actually tried that with the Roku. I've never been in a place that I've had to deal with that. What we have done, yeah. like when we're doing a VRBO or a, um, 
I can't even think of the name of the Airbnb. One. Airbnb. Thank you. Yeah, Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the one that's basically like the Kleenex uh, brand name for uh, <laughs> right. or Jello. Yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when we've gone like on vacation and you're in somebody's house, I don't know how frequent that is, how common that is for archaeologists to live in, you know, mm-hmm. not a hotel for a bit, but someplace that, sure. you know, and, and in those cases, it's never been a problem. We just plug in, put it on the uh, network. And then instead of having to use the smart TV functions or the very old Roku or the Apple TV that hasn't been updated in months or nothing at all because they just have, you know, local cable at the house that we're mm-hmm. staying at. Great. I've got access to all the stuff that the streaming stuff that I care about because it's on the uh, yeah. on the internet and it's on that one device. Yeah, I mean I could look at it on my uh, on my laptop too, but you know, if you're trying to wind down at the end of the day, it's especially if you're not by yourself, if you're with other people, it's more fun to sit there, you know, on the couch and look at the TV. <laughs> Watch the yeah. Netflix up there rather than crowd around your laptop. Well, hey, we can we can combine two gifts with that because oh. uh, uh, I'm going to link to something here because you you got my wheel spinning on that because archaeologists typically don't stay in Airbnbs. A lot of times, you know, an Airbnb mm. is going to be especially wherever you need to be. There might not even be any, or there might be too expensive, you know, because you're. I mean, chances are, let's be honest, your your company's paying for some cheap hotel mm-hmm. for you to stay in, so you're probably going to stay in that. But if you're given cash per diem or you're looking for a place to stay on the weekends. Again, Airbnb tends to be, you know, sometimes not in the price range an archaeologist might want. But guess what? They have gift cards. I just looked it up and it's true. <laughs> and I'm going to link to it in the gift card section. So buy your favorite archaeologist an Airbnb gift card so they can have a nice night in a, in a house with a, you know, a kitchen and all the amenities, <laughs> maybe a couple <laughs> nights, maybe a weekend. That would be a fantastic gift, I think, for a traveling archaeologist. They're like, here, you know, keep the Roach Motel for a little while and uh, stay, stay, stay someplace nice. Hmm. That'd be pretty cool. All right. Where are we at? Uh, well, we have one more under 50 or do we want to push on to that 50 to $100 range? Well, I'll, I'll just mention this really fast. More and more people are having smart watches, right? And I'm, of course, an Apple Watch fan. If you know somebody with an Apple Watch and maybe they didn't get this, Apple just recently came out with, in the last few months, their Sport Loop, which I got one with my new Apple Watch, and I absolutely love it. It's a silicone band, but it has no connection on it. It's a solid band that goes from end to end on the watch, and you just it's super stretchy. And you have to measure your wrist and send them the size because they've got like 16 different sizes you can get for it. I just did exactly what they said. I, I got the measurement on my wrist in centimeters, put it in the thing. It said, you need this one. And guess what? It works great. It's not too tight. It's not too loose. I can slip it over my hand real easy and I've got big meat fists and it still goes over there nice and easy and it hasn't stretched out. And it's a great band for working, for working out in. It can get sweaty. You don't have something you're going to catch it on and maybe unhook it accidentally. Really great for archaeologists crashing through the trees and things like that. Hmm. So I'm sure they have similar things for other smartwatches, but I'm only aware of the um, the Apple Watch ones. So it's a really cool new band that I think is ideally suited for people that work in those types of environments. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's take it up a notch. Okay. Take it up a notch. We're still talking about techie archaeologists. So I'm going to kick it off with this uh, bit of tech that came out recently. It's kind of hard to get your hands on at the moment. So we'll see what happens. This uh, We're recording on the third. This will drop in, uh, in a week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that'll hopefully before 
Christmas and Hanukkah. If you're looking at getting one of these, they'll be a little more available. But uh, Raspberry Pi just released a new model called the 400, which is basically Ooh. the Raspberry Pi 4 embedded into a little keyboard. And mm-hmm. on all the tech blogs and all the uh, the tech websites and such, people are just going ape over these because it's if you get a Raspberry Pi, and I've had a bunch of them, and I love using them, and I play with them all the time. When you first get one, one of the problems is you've got to then go dig out that USB keyboard, and you got to go dig out a mouse that uh, is on you that has USB, and you got to find these pieces and hook it up to a uh, to a monitor someplace, and find where did I put an HDMI cable and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. You don't have to do that with this. It's uh, the keyboard is built in. You'll still need an external mouse, but it has the two HDMI ports on the back, and it's that Raspberry Pi four, which is a pretty strong computer given its uh, its tiny size and low cost. So yeah. this thing costs the list price is about seventy bucks, and I have not been able to find it anywhere for uh, for less than a hundred right now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so it's in high, high demand as we're speaking. But uh, it looked like a really cool way, especially if you've got somebody that just likes to tinker or if you have uh, you know, a child that is interested in learning about computers, you can give them something that's cheaper than any laptop, can hook up to any to almost any TV set you've got, and, uh, and just opens up that whole world of playing around with Raspberry Pis and Linux and the, the programming that they've got built into it. Um, so it's just a – it's – kind of a fun easy entry into that world and it lowers the barrier not necessarily in price because it's still more expensive than cobbling together whatever else you can with the raspberry (laughs) pi and whatever pieces you've got in your junk drawer yeah but it's it's a little more aesthetically pleasing and by not having to cobble it together in quite the same way makes it something that people yeah some people are talking about it actually just like i was talking about taking that roku and hooking it up to the tv set in uh, in the hotel you with a proper hdmi cable could just take that raspberry pi 400 and hook it up to the tv set in your hotel room and you don't even necessarily have to have your own laptop you could bring this mm-hmm. thing that doesn't matter if it gets broken or stolen i mean it does matter but yeah. Would you rather lose a $70 keyboard with a computer built into it or would you rather lose a $1,200 keyboard if it gets right. stolen or broken, right? right? A keyboard, yeah. I mean, a laptop. Uh, so it just, you know, if you're not aware of them, if you haven't seen them, you certainly don't have the same news feeds that I do because there are like mm-hmm. two or three new articles about it every day. And, uh, and I'm excited <laughs> about them. I don't think I'll get one myself, but it's something I could definitely see myself having gotten a year ago. Yeah, it's definitely pretty cool. And I'm linking to their website for the 400. So mm-hmm. you know, look around, maybe not have to buy it on their website, but look around for it. So it's a pretty neat little device. I like it. Um, it's amazing what Raspberry Pi has been able to do in the last, God, how long has it been around? Five, six, seven years? I can't even remember, but they're just like leaps and bounds on, on what you can do with these things. Yeah, I mean, they've so, spawned a whole, uh, a whole field of little itty bitty computers that are cheap, yeah. you know, under $100. A lot of them are under uh, under $50. Some of them are under 10 bucks. And yeah. I've bought a whole bunch of different kinds of these things, but I keep on gravitating back to the Raspberry Pis because they have been really rock solid in terms of their construction and in terms of the whole community around them and finding operating systems that run on them. Um, mm-hmm. I can't say enough good things about them. And again, they're fun. They're, it's a project platform that I play on all the time. 
Nice. Well, quick, quick fun note. And I don't know if Raspberry Pi has been used for this or not, but I know there's apparently I mean, it was made aware a few months ago of an entire subculture of, of tinkerers that like to get Microsoft Windows and uh, not necessarily Windows, but Doom. I guess the game Doom on mm-hmm. uh, on various devices that it's not supposed to play that game. Yeah. And this guy hooked up something similar to a Raspberry Pi and basically played it on the small screen of an electronic pregnancy test. <laughs> <laughs> look up you gotta look up doom pregnancy test i'm sure that oh will bring my it up God, that is brilliant <laughs> Isn't it, though? it was great uh he had to do some pretty heavy modifications but he's clearly playing the game on a pregnancy test oh my god <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty funny and i've seen people do the same thing with windows like they've they ported windows over somehow into like that's what made me think about it onto like really miniature small devices and things where it's just not supposed to be so all right paul one of the other things we had here on this range was professional society local archaeology society memberships and i'll tell you what that one really hit home because i've got society for california archaeology society for historical archaeology and society for american archaeology all coming due on january 1st Uh why they all come due on the same time i couldn't tell you but combined that's around three or four hundred dollars um not if i'm not mistaken because well yeah yeah totally and i had to is my SA one paid for? I've either paid for the conference or I paid for the SA already because I'm, I'm on a panel for the 2021 conference. So you mm. have to pay for something right away. I think it's for the conference and then I'll just cover the membership when when it comes around. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think you can get gift cards for this kind of stuff and I don't think you can go in and pay somebody else's membership, but you could get them like a Visa gift card or something like that and say, hey, use this to pay for your Archaeology Society membership. If you want to throw some words out, say, go get an SA membership, go get an SHA membership membership or whatever state you're from state archaeology society membership the state ones are usually a lot cheaper yeah um, i think the california ones like yeah i think the california ones like 90 bucks i think nevada is like 35 or something like that so they're usually a lot more affordable but you know every archaeologist whether they like it or not really should belong to one of the bigger ones only because i mean you get the journals when that happens and you can get them digitally too so they're not looking for an address to send it to if you're moving around a lot so it's really nice to get your hands on i think the sa is probably the Probably the better one for that because they have so many different journals. There's at least the three, like Antiquity, Advances, and then... Latin American Antiquity. There's Latin American Antiquity. Oh, and then there's Archaeological Record. That's like a little magazine type of thing. Yeah. So that's probably the most practical. It's the most expensive too, but you get three journals out of it and it's just good to stay abreast of that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of us just don't because, you know, it's hard to keep up on that stuff. And just getting a membership doesn't mean you have to go to the conference and spend $2,000 doing that, but you will get the journals and access to all that stuff if you, um, uh, if you do that. So that's a good one. Yeah. You know, I didn't even think of it until you mentioned it here, but, um, or you didn't mention this, but it just made me think that, uh, Mm -hmm. related to it is membership. If you've got a local museum, historical museum, anthropological museum, Native American museum, whatever, uh, membership, a gift membership to one of those Mm -hmm. is kind of two birds with one stone because it's not just a gift to the person that you're giving it to, but it's also helps keep those kinds of places afloat. So, uh, so that's something that I think is worthwhile considering. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And the last thing that I've got on here in this $50 to $100 bracket is I put Kindle. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a Kindle. It could be any of a number of different e-readers. But uh, you're an e-reader guy, aren't you? 
Yeah. Yeah. I read on my, I use iBooks and a couple mm-hmm. other apps that are available on the Apple devices because they, it goes between my, my phone and my tablet pretty seamlessly. So yeah, I definitely use it. And in fact, the Kindle app is on there too. So right. yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, I've had, uh, I used to have the Nook and I've had a couple different Kindles and I'm not a heavy reader. I'm a very slow, tedious reader. And so it bothers mm-hmm. me, but I do like that, uh, I to have a lot of stuff on my Kindle. I brought my came into the city tonight because I've got to go physically into work tomorrow, and so I brought my Kindle along. And I think I'm going to uh, read one of uh, Bill White's books uh, on it tonight. Nice. <laughs> so nice. this is no, you know, we're not breaking any new ground telling people here. Oh, get yourself a Kindle or some other kind of electronic reader, and you can carry an entire library to last you the entire field. Uh, the entire field season, just in one small, fairly inexpensive device. So I just wanted to remind people that that's something that if that archaeologist in your life doesn't have one, they probably will still appreciate it. Well, and and people might think, I think the the big selling point behind one of these things, because you're right, nearly everyone has a smartphone and they can get just about any e-reader app and, and read books on it, right? So that's not... That's not groundbreaking news, but I think, I think the big thing behind these for people that travel a lot and maybe camp a lot and and have the combination of limited means and limited storage capacity in your car, you know, mm-hmm. traveling around, whatever you're doing, why would you get another device? Well, like I'm just looking. If you look at the link that we put in the show notes at the very top of the page, if, as long as Amazon's still sorting it that way, is the Kindle Paperwhite, and it says now waterproof with twice the storage. It says ad supported, which means you know, you see ads, but guess what? If you're offline, you just read your books. You don't see any ads, but anyway, and this comes in a couple of colors, but the cool thing about this is when it says the Kindle Paperwhite, you know, if you're somebody that reads a lot, reading at night in the hotel room or in a tent or in your car or something like that, your eyes are going to get pretty strained on a, um, on a tablet or a smartphone or something like that. I mean, I read, but I don't read a lot when I'm doing that. I'll read for, you know, 10, 15 minutes or something like that. Just to, just at night. I mean, I'll read more during the day if I have time, but you know, if I'm doing it at night before bed, and like my wife, I really need to get her one of these because she reads on her iPad for sometimes, you know, I'll wake up at one thirty in the morning. She's still reading. <laughs> so <laughs> she just can't put it down. But these paper white ones, they're a lot easier on the eyes. They're still backlit, but they're they're more it's it's almost like a backlit page of a book. Uh, it's hard to explain, but it's not like looking at one of these tablets with the glass screen and just like the super bright LEDs. Even if you turn it all the way down, it still has a different wavelength of light than say these paper white ones do. And not only that, but these can last up to 30 days or more on a charge. Yeah. So because you're typically not using it for anything and it's a pretty low power device. So it's really super efficient from that standpoint. And they also have, uh, as opposed to say, you know, you've got your tablet because you've got to use it for your work. Uh, yeah. As opposed to reading that book, that novel that you want to wind down at the end of the day on the same thing that you do all your work on, right. uh, having it on a separate device gives you a little bit of separation. It, they don't have pop-ups balance. telling you that you just got an email. Nobody's going to try to FaceTime you on your Kindle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So mentally just going to a different device for a lot of people, myself included, means I'm, I'm switching off one thing and switching on to something else. And uh, so maybe that's yeah. kind of the same thing like watching the, the Netflix via the Roku on the TV versus watching it on your laptop. Yeah. You know, you just get a little more comfortable and you can feel a little more human about the way that you're using these tech tools. And even though, you know, I'm a techie and have been for my whole life and have been earning a, a living for my entire adult life as a techie, mm-hmm. understanding how you can manipulate the tech devices you've got so that 
you're not always staring tech in the face, even if literally you are looking at a technological device like a, a Kindle. Mm-hmm. It helps kind of set up these sort of boundaries in your world. Yeah. So that it doesn't feel like the constant flood, the constant fire hose that we're dealing with every time you're on your cell phone. We've talked about work-life balance a lot on like the Sierra Mark podcast and things like that. And a lot of times that's in reference to time and space. Like, you know, if you're, if you work from home, which a lot of us are doing right now, um, but if you work from home and you're, you're able to do that, having that space in your house where you work versus the space mm-hmm. in your house where you don't work helps mm-hmm. you mentally switch. But I never even thought about device switching that way because I'm on my phone all day. I'm on my iPad all day. I'm on my computer all day. And if I wanted to switch off, I mean, that that almost makes me want to buy a Kindle, to be honest, because it really would feel like you're doing something else. Honestly, I have a bunch of iPad minis still because I always have them for like, you know, field techs when we work. Mm-hmm. And I use an iPad mini for reading. Like yeah. I can easily use one of my other devices, but I didn't even realize that it was giving me that comfort that it's not plugged into everything else. Like I've shut everything else on this separate iPad off and all I use it for is reading. And, uh, and that's, man, I didn't even realize what that was doing, but that's such a good point. Yeah. Being able so, to carve out that headspace is really important and learning how to do that right. uh, as we all become more and more digital in our worlds, I think is going to be an important you know, survival skill. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, we're going to go to segment three now, and I think you guys know what's coming. You better get your drinks poured and uh, get comfortable (laughs) because it's the drone segment. Back in a second. (laughs) You may have heard my pitch for membership. It's a great idea and really helps out. However, you can also support us by picking up a fun t-shirt, sticker, or something from a large selection of items from our Tee Public store. Head over to arcpodnet.com slash shop for a link. That's arcpodnet.com slash shop to pick up some fun swag and support the show. All right, welcome back to episode 143 of the Architect Podcast. It's our holiday gift guide, and you guys know this podcast. You've been around for a while if you've been listening for this. And we're going to talk about our slightly more expensive gifts. We've got a $100 to $200 range, which we'll do first, but then the sky's the, sky's the limit range, you know, is going to include drones. So and in fact, there's drone stuff in this other segment. So <laughs> so $100 on up drone gifts. Is that the idea now? <laughs> That's the idea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to slot one in in this $100 to $200 range for drone stuff that I should have put in one of the cheaper ranges, but we'll we'll get to that Okay, so I'm going to cover this first one here, and it's not going to be drones. <laughs> but it's going to be by a company that's most known for their drones. Uh, what I'm talking about is a, a product called the DJI OM4, or OM4. I don't know if it's supposed to be pronounced. Uh, and it's a phone gimbal. So if you take your cell phone, you put in this clamp, and it acts like a steady cam. So you can use it for filming. And I thought that this would be useful for a lot of people. You know, There are a lot of people that are in YouTube streaming different kinds of videography in the field. Uh, And I thought that this for any kind of nascent content producer would be a very useful tool. And actually, I'm recommending this particular thing. It costs about $150 because uh, my daughter's birthday, well, it's actually next week, but uh, I bought her an early birthday gift so that she could finish up some film projects that she was doing. She's a a dance and choreography major, and she wanted Mm -hmm. to film herself. And she'd been doing that all over the summer with a little tripod, you know, one of those flexible leg tripods with her camera mounted in it. And she'd set it out in the backyard and dance in front of it. But this here is not just a steady cam, which it is, but also has additional functions like subject tracking. Mm -hmm. 
So she can now set it up and move about the room and have it follow her if that's the effect that she wants. And that seemed that's, really pretty cool. Uh, no, 150 bucks isn't cool. cheap, but this is DJI. So, you know, it's uh, high quality, well thought out, um, supported. That's important. A uh, piece of equipment yep. that, that'll last at least a few years, provided that you treat it nicely. It seems fairly rugged, so I don't think it's going to you know, fall apart anytime soon. But I just wanted to put that out there, that if uh, that's something that might intrigue the archaeologist videographer in your life, uh, and $150 isn't too rich for that gift, I think that they would get a big old kick out of that. Yeah. And if you look at the whole, uh, the, uh, the ohm, I don't, the O must stand for Osmo because it's in the Osmo series. Exactly. So yeah, maybe it's just Osmo, OM. I don't really know. Anyway, Osmo Mount. I don't know what they were that going for there. They're Chinese. Who knows? Let me just interject. Um, uh, the Osmos are the built-in cameras. It's basically like the camera on the front of the DJI drone built into a tripod or a handheld stick yeah. recorder of some kind. Those are well, more expensive. <laughs> yes, but mostly because the Osmo Mobile 3, I've got the Osmo Mobile like one or something like that. The first one they came out with mm -hmm. that I, I really do. It's just got a clamp that I, ho I hook onto my phone oh. and then it's a gimbal. It's nowhere near as convenient as the Ohm 4, which I think I'm going to buy right now. Um, <laughs> because the honestly, the original Osmo Mobile, it, the battery life is shot on. I've had it for like three or four years and it's just not convenient to use, but they've gotten so much better. And I kind of forgot about them because we've got a couple GoPro Hero 8s that we bought for our, our travels this year. But now that my wife and I both have iPhone 12s and it's like, you know, these are really competitors to um, to that kind of video shooting. And just to be able to pull this out and quickly, you know, use your phone to do a bunch of shooting. I mean, the, the GoPro is nice, but it's a process, you know, yeah. you got to get it out. The battery doesn't last forever. And it's, it's like, you got to be ready with it, but the phone's literally always in my pocket and this thing could be nearby and you just slap it on with a little magnetic clip and, and you go. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like well, it. As opposed to uh, GoPro, oftentimes the way they use GoPro is you'll turn it on, you'll sync it to your phone you know, link it up to yeah. your phone and use it like that. This cuts out a whole step because you're not linking anything sure. to your phone. <laughs> it is your phone. Right. Right. Yeah. And you can, you can't, if, if it's like the old Osmo one can download the DJI app and then you can have some extra special features mm -hmm. that would go along with it. I'm not really sure. I'd have to look into this and they, they might have done that at this level. That being said, it still is just a stabilizing gimbal that really gives you some high quality shots with your phone. So either way you can't go wrong. So, all right. Well, the other one that's in this little category here is the part 107 drone certificate lessons, 150 to $200. Now look around because that doesn't necessarily include the test. Uh, you got to go to the FAA. Yeah. You got to go to the FAA to take the test, but this would get you started on, on classes. Cause if you want to fly commercially and you want to put this on your CV, you have to, anytime you're flying anything with <laughs> in this country and you're getting paid for it, I don't care what size of drone it is. I don't care what it is. You hear a lot of stuff like we're going to talk about the DJI Mavic Mini in a bit here. And it's purposely, I think, 199 or 249 grams or something like that. Whatever it is, it's one gram less than the limit at which they say, you know, you, you jump up into another class of drones. And everybody seems to think, oh, I don't need a part 107 certificate because nope. it's not heavy enough. That's, That's not, not true. It. You could buy a garbage drone at the gas station for $15. And if somebody pays for the pictures you took with it, you now need a part 107 certificate legally. Right. I mean, yep. that's what it is. 
So it's the same thing with flying, right? You need a commercial pilot's license and the, the part 61 requirement of the FAA regulations says if you're flying for compensation or hire. So if somebody says, I'll buy you dinner for those pictures and you're giving them drone pictures, that's compensation and that's illegal. So it's different than, than driver's licenses. People are used to like a class C driver's license <laughs> right. uh, because you're driving commercially, but it's actually the class C is so you can drive something big. <laughs> Right, right. Right. Exactly. Because exactly. you can drive that Uber without a class C license. It doesn't work like right. that with drones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does yeah, once you get check- to a certain weight, but uh, at the weights that we're talking about, that's not how it works. So you have to, if you're getting paid, if you're being remunerated in any way, you have to have, yeah. and you're in the US, you have to have that part 107. Yeah. And, and check this out, just a little quick story. Uh, as an aside, we follow quite a few um, YouTubers and I can't remember which one it was that this just happened to, but they posted a bunch of stuff about it, but they were filming in a national park, which is okay. You, you can, you can shoot video and stuff in a national park, but somebody turned them in. I think it was somebody that didn't like them or something like that, but they told the national park or maybe somebody at the national park found out. But basically since they have so many subscribers and their channels monetized, oh, no. the national park hit them with a fine and a ban on national park entrance because they didn't get a filming permit of course. because, and, and on top of that, there was drone footage and you're not supposed to fly a drone in a national park first off. And second, now the FAA is involved <laughs> because they don't have a part 107. Whoops. So they're just chilling in their RV in a national park and they did some drone shots and they shot a fun video of them doing hiking and stuff like that. And now they're in a world of trouble with both the national park service and the FAA. Wow. So be careful. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move up the up the line a little bit here. I want to mention the DJI Mavic Mini um, just because we talked about it quite a bit last year when I got the first Mavic Mini that came out. And this is the one again. I'll have to look it up. It'll be in the notes. But again, it, it's it's a light, super light device, and I still have it, and I love it. And I was coming from the DJI Inspire Pro, which is like a you know professional grade five thousand dollar drone great and all, but you can't fly that thing anywhere. You can't get it out. The case was bigger than my suitcase. It's just like, what do I do with this thing? Right. It's, Mm -hmm. it's almost too much drone. And for, for what I was using, but this mini, I mean, I can take it in its case with three extra batteries and the radio and throw it in my backpack or throw it in my wife's purse or throw it anywhere. And it weighs virtually nothing. It lasts an hour and a half with the three batteries on their charges. And I put a 256 gigabyte high speed micro SD card in there and I can shoot four or five hours worth of footage on that. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, for the price, $399 up to $499, depending on what package you get, I think you can get away with it for about $400. Um, And it's probably cheaper now. I haven't even looked. Now that the two is out, if they even sell the one anymore, but the Mavic mini two upgraded the camera. It's now a 4k camera, like it should have been to begin with. And it's using some more intelligent flight modes from DJI. It just got smarter. Basically it's, it's got a lot more intelligent wind handling because that's the one downside to the smaller drone is it can't handle as much wind and that's just physics, right? Mm -hmm. It just, it's not heavy enough to handle as much wind, but they've added a lot more sophisticated programming to it to be able to compensate because that thing is rocking and rolling in the wind sometimes, even a 10, 15 mile an hour wind. But the video is just like steady, steady as can be. And now they've increased the amount of wind that it will not complain about because it will complain on screen. It'll say it's too windy land now. You know, I can't handle this. Um, But now they've increased the amount of wind that can handle. So you really can't go wrong with the Mavic Mini 2 or the Mavic Mini 1 if you can find one of those on sale. And they're just great, affordable drones. 
So sky's the limit. Uh, let's keep on going up. Do you want to talk about more drones uh, or do you want to talk about some different kind of uh, <laughs> expensive high price gift that you're giving for that very special techie archaeologist in your life? I mean, I definitely have more drones to talk about, but let's switch gears for a minute and talk about one of the other things on the list. <laughs> All right. Well, you put the Apple Watch Series 6 on here. Uh, that's yeah. not the next one up in price. In fact, it's less than the than the Mavic Mini 2. But why don't you tell us why you put that there? Well, I put it there because, first off, it's the newest Apple Watch. And if you're going to buy something like this, you're kind of making a commitment. So if you can afford the newest one, it'll just last you longer. That's just that's just math right there. I mean, that, it's that's what it's going to do. It's going to be forward compatible for longer than if you bought, say, the Series 4. And I think you can get a 3 for pretty cheap these days, you know, a couple hundred dollars. But... You're, you're not going to have some of the features that you're really going to need or use as an archaeologist. If you just want a timepiece that you can get email notifications on, then great, get the cheaper one. But like this newer one here, I mean, it's uh, fully waterproof down to many, many meters, more than you need to be concerned with. And uh, the altimeter and barometer I've talked about before on this show with the compass feature is just phenomenal. And you don't get that with the other ones because they've added extra hardware in here for doing this. It's got other safety features. Um, and I, my series four had this, had part of this as well, but this one's just kind of beefed it up a little bit. It's got fall detection. If you fall, mm -hmm. it, they've got metrics in here that say, if you don't respond, like I actually caught the it, the lip of my watch on the um, corner of a wall in my RV and it slapped back on my wrist. And then all of a sudden my watch started buzzing like crazy. And I looked at it and there was a countdown for calling 911. Oh my goodness. And because, because it thought I fell over. <laughs> and if you don't respond, it's going to call 911. Which is the whole point, because typically if you fall and maybe you got knocked out or, you know, you're hurt and you can't do anything, it's simply just going to call 911 for you. Similarly with like the EKG meter, um, stuff like that, if you have an irregular heart rhythm or something, it will notify you and say, hey, this isn't standard for what you normally have. Should we call a hospital right now? Something like that. So it's got a lot of really cool safety features and uh, and it's just a, a great device and I think a good work companion. It's not just a timepiece and a notification machine. They do a lot more independently nowadays. Cool. Yeah. I've, I've resisted getting an Apple watch myself for the, the biggest reason. <laughs> and this is silly, but it's actually, it, it affects me is that when I wear a watch, I've always worn them on the inside of my wrist. Yeah. And those sensors that they have in them, they tell you explicitly you need to wear it on the outside. <laughs> uh, yeah. They're designed for that. Yep. Yep. You're right. So, um, and, and that's, again, it's kind of silly, but uh, your point also about maybe not buying the older model, uh, if you can afford it, actually kind of hit home today. One of my coworkers was asking, he had a first generation Apple watch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, can I sync this with my phone anymore? And it turns out, no, he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It wouldn't even sync to the phone. That's crazy. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't use it anymore. I mean, it's basically a dumb watch at this point. Yeah. A yeah. good looking Jeez. At one time, very expensive, dumb watch. <laughs> well, they used to be smart. They got stupid. You know, you, you can look too, because I was just looking for a link for this. And uh, a Verizon ad is up here on the screen that says, when you buy a new iPhone, um, you can get the Apple Watch Series 6 for $100 off the um, the retail price. They're not giving them away yet, mm -hmm. but you can get a discount on it. So if you're getting a new phone, you know, and you're going with Verizon or something like that, take a look at the deal and maybe you can get a um, the, the watch for a little bit cheaper. Yeah. So... 
So I'm just going to, the last time we did a, a gift guy and buy, bide, I am just <laughs> really knocking out of the park tonight. <laughs> gift guy and bide uh, was, uh, in, <laughs> was three years ago. And I you did it again. I know I did you it on purpose gift? that time. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun to edit. <laughs> no, just leave that in. <laughs> uh, of course. Thank you. <laughs> Just edit out everything that isn't my weird pregnant pauses and uh, and ums and such, and just make that a super track. That's right. <laughs> That'll be uh, 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 yeah. So I talked uh, about uh, good camera, and I think I got myself a little garbled last time I was talking about them. And uh, I'm not going to go into any real detail here, but just to say that you know, a camera. If you've got somebody that's a bit of a shutterbug, a good mirrorless camera. Mm-hmm. Not top of the line or anything. Starts at about five hundred dollars for a decent kit, and that gives you the advantages of an SLR in that you can change lenses, you can buy new lenses, telephotos, wide angles, macros, whatever. It's uh, they tend to be smaller and lighter than DSLRs, so they're more easy to travel with, uh, and there are a variety of them. So five hundred dollars on up. Uh, don't leave that off the list because if you got a shutter bug, especially you know. I stopped playing with real cameras, even though I was a real big shutterbug uh, in my youth, actually, even as an adult, because of the phones, because we all had a very good mm-hmm. camera in our phones. And there's this old saying, you know, the best camera is the camera that you have, uh, <laughs> the camera yeah, you have with yeah. you, right? And we all have the phones, <laughs> and so therefore, we all have the best camera. Uh, and to a certain extent, that's true. And as those, as those cameras get better, there's less and less that you can't do. Does that make sense? Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with your cell phone, right? But for me, the same way that I was telling you, Chris, about you know carving out a little mental space to read on the Kindle as opposed to reading on my cell phone or my computer, when mm-hmm. I grab that decent camera of mine, I go into a different headspace. I see the world a little differently. I get a lot more joy in just taking pictures and right. thinking about how I'm going to compose a shot and how I might edit it and who I'll show it for. So again, this is for the creatives in your life, but mm-hmm. um, you know, there is a lot of crossover between techies and photographers and creatives and archaeologists. So uh, just keep that one on the table if that's anywhere in your uh, in your price range. Yeah, for sure. And I, I linked to just the mirrorless cameras section basically on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So you can at least start there. Um, And, you know, most of these are Amazon links because it's easy, but definitely shop around. You know, I mean, a lot of times Amazon's the best value, but some people are a little opposed to Amazon for some various reasons, which I understand. But, you know, click on it, use it to do your research and then go buy it wherever you want to go buy it. Yeah. And uh, for a lot of the things that we're recommending today, places like Adorama and B&H Photo uh, have the exact same pricing that Amazon does. Right. So right. if it's just strictly a price matter uh, and you're more comfortable mm-hmm. with one of those companies, go ahead, do that mm-hmm. instead. Okay. All right. Well, the last two things that we actually have on the list here, I'll just mention real quick because we're pretty much out of time. The Bose frames we've talked about, mm-hmm. we can just look those up on uh, on our website. I've definitely talked about them pretty extensively. Just was wearing them yesterday. Still love them. They're, they're great 
they're, they're basically headphones inside of a pair of sunglasses. If you didn't hear that episode and they're from Bose and they sound really good. Not a lot of bleed over for people around you. Not super great in really loud environments like your car, for example, if you're, well, I shouldn't say cars are usually pretty quiet, but like my RV, that engine is sitting right next to me, that V10. I can't hear a damn thing with those Bose frames. So I got to put something else in. Uh, but out in the field, it's great. Um, works really well and keeps your ears exposed so you can do stuff. So check those out. They're $249. And then also I put like... Before you do that, yeah, I'm glad that you put it on this, the list because I want. I was just thinking yesterday before I saw you put this on our list about those Bose frames, and I want to ask you: you're still yeah. using them, huh? Oh yeah, I love them. Excellent. I don't. I don't. I don't use them all the time um, mm-hmm. because, to be honest, they slip off my face a little too easy, and I actually bought a little strap to that I can tighten um, to keep them on the back of my head because they're the type of plastic they are. If I'm wearing them to like go for a jog or workout or something like that, when my head starts to get sweaty, they start to fall off. <laughs> So, and because I have that little strap on there, I tend to just pull my other sunglasses out, you know, my regular ones Mm -hmm. when I don't need that, you know what I mean? So, but I definitely use them for working out, for biking, for, you know, for going for a walk or something like that. I still, I really like them. So they're, they're great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Man, I'm seeing some refurbished ones already for $130. So check that out. That's pretty cool. Anyway, so we'll link to that as well. But uh, the last thing I had on there was the Mavic Pro 2 and the particular bundle that I'm linking to on Amazon just has a whole bunch of extras. I think normally it's about $1,200. This one's closer to $15. The Mavic Pro 2 is a little bit bigger than the Mavic Mini in physical size, but way bigger in weight. And that's what what you're really getting. You're getting the radar avoidance, blah, 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 all that stuff. But really what you're getting is something that can handle much higher wind wind speeds and just has a, a better camera, better stability, better everything. It's the Mavic Mini on steroids. So if you can afford it, if you can get your company to pay for it, great. It's going to be a good device. It's metal. You can strap the props together and throw that thing in your backpack without a case and it will handle it. So it's just a, a phenomenal device for, especially if you're going to use it for work and you can write this thing off and, and use it for that. I wouldn't suggest getting something like this unless you got a whole bunch of disposable income. I wouldn't suggest getting something like this just to play with because it really it really isn't a toy. If you want something that's more of a toy, that's just like fun and you can take great, great video get the Mavic mini too. You know, that's still 500 bucks or 400 if you don't get the extras with it, but that's also a great drone and you can do that. So yeah. So we put it on there just for fun, but would be good for a business to own. That's the one I would get if I was using it for work purposes. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's about it. We went long on some of those segments, but a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And the only one thing I didn't mention was, uh, I've mentioned it so many times before, but if you do have somebody that wants to learn how to fly drones, definitely buy them a cheap drone, right? Oh, yeah. Get them something cheap with a radio, not something that you control with your smartphone because you don't no. learn the finger actions on that, but you got to have a, a four channel radio and you can get these small drones. They might even have a camera on it, but you don't care. Get them uh, a $30 drone with no camera so they can just learn to fly and crash into a wall. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I started doing it. I, I yeah. just got one and it was 15 bucks back then. The thing still nice. is alive <laughs> like three years later. Well, and that's impressive. <laughs> I can't use it because my dog impressive. hates it. <laughs> I mean, nice. it drives nice. him insane. But yeah. There oh. you go. Oh, this is yeah. a lot of fun, Chris. Um, I hope that Rachel listened and uh, has some ideas for you now. <laughs> She did not, but hopefully she edits this and and, uh, and will listen. So, yeah, pay attention. There you go. <laughs> all right. So, all right, man. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks everybody, and uh, let us know. Uh, let us know what you got for your holiday gifts if you if you got any, and and what you think about it. And maybe we'll bring you on to do a quick little user review. So, 
All right. Awesome. Well, again, thanks everybody. And yep. thank Take you, care. Paul. Happy holidays. Yep. Are you not saying wash your hands anymore? Oh, geez. I forgot all about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wash it your hands. <laughs> Socially <laughs> distance. Uh, wear your mask <laughs> when you go out, please. Uh, That's right. That's you right. know, we're getting into that bad time of year and we want to keep people as healthy as possible. There you go. All right, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Architect Podcast. Links to items mentioned on the show are in the show notes at www.archpodnet.com slash Archaeotech. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com and paul at lugal.com. Support the show by becoming a member at archpodnet.com slash members. The music is a song called Off-Road and is license-free from Apple. Thanks for listening. This episode was produced by Chris Webster from his RV Traveling America, Tristan Boyle in Scotland, and the Archaeology Podcast Network, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US dollars a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to archpodnet.com slash members for more info. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Oh.